0: Greetings everyone! Welcome to D-Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just test voice. Let's welcome our guest.
1: Angela Faschetti is a physical fitness, yoga instructor, and licensed massage therapist specializing in wellness for older adults. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Angela Faschetti.
0: Greetings and welcome back, Angela. Thank you so much,
2: Amy.
0: We're, we're all trying to get in our sleepy mode now. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you something. I did this last night and I, you know me, not a big time sleeper, right? I got five hours like that. I I mean, for me, that was like amazing. I woke up like going, mm-hmm, "Okay, this is good stuff."
0: Oh, see, so you you you've been testing it out on yourself. Absolutely,
2: doing it. <laughs> it's like sleepy time yoga, you know.
0: Oh, I, I love I, it. I want
2: to share something with you about this. Um, I, you know, we're posting about. The program here together today right yes' yeah. getting feedback from people like please help me help me please you know uh, th- we can really do this yes you can do this and um others who are just talking to me about how profound the insomnia is in their lives I mean we are really living in a time frame where people are so used to being agitated just on the edge on a regular basis that there's no you know coming down off of it and i'm just they're expressing their their appreciation for the theme of the show today
0: yes i can definitely appreciate that fortunately i don't have insomnia but i have there have been times where i have and sometimes i figured out it was because i had some kind of chocolate or caffeine a little bit too close to uh, the time that I was going to bed.
2: Yep, that can do it every time.
0: Right. But other times it was because I was worried about something or stressed. So uh, today, I mean, we all know how important sleep is for our health. And in fact, I mean, it's just, I think it's just as important as nutrition and regular exercise. Right. You know? And like yes. you said, I mean, people are just not, a lot of people are just not getting enough sleep. I think they say like 68% of Americans struggle with sleep at least once a week. Yeah. So I am so glad that you are here, Angela, to teach us this class about restorative sleep. And when people watch it on the replay, we will have a chapter so they can click right on the beginning of the actual class if they don't want to watch this part of the interview on the replay. Okay okay
2: um i'm glad you brought this up about the importance of it because it is a pillar of lifestyle medicine with the american college of lifestyle medicine, right?
1: Yes.
0: And,
2: you know, and for me, it's the concept of, okay, they they want you to exercise. That's one of the pillars. They want you to have restorative sleep is their words, right? Are their words. And then of course, they also want, want you to have wellness in your life. So restorative yoga can actually accomplish all of that at one time. Um, let me just, let me add to that, that yoga can accomplish that at all times, and you can um, there's a many, many different variations and approaches to yoga. And this is one of them. So if somebody is brand new or like a, a newbie to yoga, this is a great way to get started. However, if there are pre-existing issues, and some people might need to sit in a chair to do some of the work, some people might need to lie down on the bed as opposed to lie down on the floor. It's just that you look at something from the perspective of what you can do, and then you kind of get creative and make it work and that's what i love about the yoga props because they you can get creative with them so if there are those pre-existing issues or even if you can't sit on the floor because you're super height in the hip a bit tight in the hips or the low back these yoga props are going to help in many many ways and i'm going to explain a little bit more of that when we actually pull out do the practice
0: right and we we're going to have some links in the show notes for where you can find some of these props and also you're going to explain a little bit about if somebody didn't want to purchase certain things that they might be able to DIY. something at home D- D-Y-I. so before we start the class we like to use have our game so
1: let's start it's time for true or false on be green with amy live answer true or false to amy's questions in the comments below and amy will ask our guest for the expert answer
0: okay so guys the true green warriors type in your answer true or false Restorative yoga activates the sympathetic nervous system. True or false? Okay. And while everybody's typing that in, Angela, what do you have to say about that? That would be false. So the um,
2: nervous system that's activated is the parasympathetic nervous system. And interestingly enough, this is called rest and repair. And that is what happens in the process of sleep, right? The body's resting and repairing, particularly the brain, and um, also it's known as rest and digest. So to me, that shows that there's a clear connection between. Okay, you want to be, you want to restore yourself and repair yourself when you're sleeping. So therefore, you don't want to be eating just before you go to bed. And the other thing is, I thought, well, it's called rest and repair, repair for the brain. then rest and digest ah so there is a gut brain connection isn't there with the gut microbiome and just one wonders if the restorative approach to movement and exercise does the same does it affect the gut microbiome i'm just thinking about it you know this is just where my head goes so i found it kind of fascinating those connections
0: yeah, I find it fascinating, too. And t- talking about restoring and digesting and restorative sleep, they t- some people have talked about those big amusement parks where they finally do shut down, you know, for the day. Right. right? Everybody goes home. And that's when they go in. And take out the trash and clean and sweep, right? They can't do it while everybody's th- I mean, they do a little bit of maintenance, but they can't do a really good job of getting it all reset for the next day when everybody's roaming around on the rides and you know, dropping things on the floor and so forth. And and our body needs to go in that kind of shutdown mode. That's right. I like that
2: analogy. That's a great analogy. I like yeah. that very much.
0: Okay, so our next question is true or false, diaphragmatic breathing exercises help to reduce stress. Hmm, Hmm. Well,
2: first off, Amy, I just wanna share with the audience that when I do the work with you folks, that um, I typically have my little index cards all taped around my monitor of my desktop computer because you see, Insomnia has been with me since I'm four years old, and I'm gonna be 65 in two months. It's been a long time. So what happens with insomnia when it's chronic, it can affect your memory, and it certainly has mine. So therefore, in preparation for today's class, and I'm out here on the mat, not very close to my monitor, (laughs) I have to refer to my cards so forgive me green warriors for reading my answer to you but i wanted to make sure that i was accurate all right so the answer is it's true so um i went but i wanted some support here for you so i went to uh, pubmed.gov and i found a study that was published by the nih the national i mean the nhi for the national health institute And it was with the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health that actually conducted the study. And they conducted the study in 2019. And basically, it's a review of three studies. And there were a total of 880 participants. And they found that preliminary, there is preliminary evidence suggesting that diaphragmatic breathing exercise and they always say this may help to reduce stress and that was then um published in june of 2021 so i just wanted to give you a little bit of a background on that and a little bit of science that supports that yeah diaphragmatic breathing does it and i got another thing to tell you about that amy um you know that i used this sing about a hundred I was
0: going to bring that up if you didn't. (laughs) A
2: thousand years ago I used to sing and we learned as singers the importance of diaphragmatic breathing and the thing that I would do with my clients is because oftentimes everybody is often just breathing like shallow chest breathing. up here nothing expanding from the diaphragm and rib cage so we know that the diaphragm goes up and down and i tell them if you want to learn how to um breathe correctly with the diaphragm go watch a baby sleep just watch them in the crib because babies know how to breathe diaphrag- uh, diaphragmatically naturally it's just all there it's later on you know when we screw them up as parents that they learn another way of breathing but and here's the other thing when one sings and it maybe people don't sing but they might be into chanting whatever is their thing right um we kind of go somewhere else we go into another space and it's a place that feels really good And I often wonder, is that the breath that's taking me there? But now that I'm learning more about the actual physical function of the diaphragm and its connection, I just go, there's a great big chance here that muscularly the diaphragm diaphragm working brings us into that place as well because it's taking charge of the breath. And in then in the function with the breath, right? And I just go, hmm, there is that place where the singer goes and doesn't want to come back. And there is that place when you do diaphragmatic breathing, do yoga, and do certain breathing techniques, pranayama, you are in a place that you're just elsewhere and it feels really lovely and yeah i can see the whole connection on how to feel, reduce stress
0: and and for those of us that aren't familiar with di- diaphragms meaning the ones that in your body it's it's kind of like a almost like a half of a ball in a way and it cups and it and if you hold your breath for a really long time you can't hold it forever because the diaphragm pushes it out, forces it out so you can't hold your breath forever. That's that that's your diaphragm working, right?
2: Yeah, yep, absolutely. And also there are what are called breathing accessory muscles. So they can be up here underneath the clavicle. they can be the quadratus lamorum at the low back area. You can have them part of the pectoral muscle. I mean, there's a lot of breathing accessory muscles. The ones that I talk about a lot are the intercostals, between the ribs, and they are 25% responsible for your respiratory cycle. Mm.
0: So
2: it's both inhalation and exhalation.
0: Right. So now at this time, do you want to explain the difference between the shallow breathing and the diaphragmatic breathing and how we know the difference, or are you going to do that later?
2: Well, I, I wasn't going to demonstrate that. But if you want me to, I can. So um, what what I instruct people to do is put their hands on their belly, but just, you know, a little bit higher going toward the diaphragm, and but underneath the ribs, so you can kind of feel the edges of the ribs. So if you put your hands here, and you can see my hands literally expanding out front, and then see how they go in? It goes in, and and in. Now, if you think of an accordion, and I'm going to put my hands on my side ribs, and I'm going to inhale, expansion side to side as well, and I'm going to exhale, natural retraction. Then, if you were to see your back muscles. Amy, here's a great story for you. Um, When I was 18 years old, Uh, Richard Burton was on Broadway in Equus, and we got to uh, the student seats. We're on the stage with him. All right. On the stage. And, you know, I was like this theater prima donna. I'm like, I'm going to be dead center right behind this guy because I adored him. Right. And he had this incredible speaking voice. And I watched him because he was super close and he had his back to me and he was wearing like a suit jacket, right? And he's doing what Richard Burton does, right? And, or did, and you could see the fabric of his suit jacket expanding when he was breathing in and then the material would release when he exhaled. The same thing for big Broadway singers. So, if you look at people like Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, um, if, if you date back Ethel Merman, and or Shirley Bassey, these women have enormous diaphragms. And it's because of their breathing properly and you're exercising it like a muscle. So, if you're not breathing from here, more than likely you're doing. I don't even know if I can do it, Amy, because I'm so used to breathing diaphragmatically. But there is this. see how I'm kind of lifting.
0: Yeah, I think your 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 shoulders, <laughs> maybe go up when you're um, yeah yeah using the other
2: because the other thing that happens is you sort of collapse, and most people are sitting collapsed today. So I'm not elevating my shoulders. It's that sternum that's doing it. As opposed to here, notice I'm upright. No collapsing. It's amazing. In okay, any-
0: and that's really <laughs> important to know to know the distinction because when when we're doing certain things, we really should be concentrating on using the diaphragmatic breathing. And I'm glad that you demonstrated that.
2: A little tip, Amy,
0: for somebody uh-huh.
2: how to train it, how to actually work on the diaphragm. Listen, when I was taking singing lessons at 12 years old, my uh, singing teacher had me lie down on the floor, put the heaviest books you possibly can right here, and you lift that those books. With your breath
0: just oh breathing. yeah then you would know you would see them moving up and down that's fantastic
2: and back then we used to have like the encyclopedia britannica and all that i had that right here and i'm like
0: you better move
2: you know and it's a way to train it
0: excellent should we go on to our next true or false this is our last true or false before sure. the class okay so green warriors type in your answer true or false it's not recommended to use yoga props during restorative yoga as they are known to reduce the effectiveness of yoga poses. So type in your guest, screen Warriors. Get out. Go ahead, Angela.
2: Get out of here. That's false. Cool. <laughs> so I might as well tell you what the yoga props are going to be today. Uh, of course, you want to have a mat, and you want to get yourselves a sticky mat, okay? That's super important because exercise mats, tend to slip and slide, and you also want a nice flat surface. You don't want to throw rug underneath your mat. The other thing we're going to be using, they're going to be blocks, yoga blocks. So this is a gentle reminder. You have level one, level two, or level three. You could also use two blocks at a time if you need. I would also like for you to have two hand towels that are folded up. I'll tell you why in just a moment and then a yoga strap. Now I'm oftentimes asked, why not a belt? Well, a belt is, if it's a hard belt, it's too harsh on your hands and a yoga strap. Well, I have an eight foot strap and you're gonna see why it's super important to have an eight foot yoga strap for certain postures. Now, the reason why, Actually, I do want to explain one more thing to you folks, and I have it here. I want to uh, draw your attention back to the general category of yoga props, and I wanted to give you a little more information about that and why it's really helpful. They're really helpful. So I saw an article on Healthline, and it's called The Benefits of Restorative Yoga and Poses to Try. And it's dated September 23rd, and that's 2020. And they say a key feature in restorative yoga is the use of props. For instance, blocks, bolsters, and I'm gonna show you that in a moment, blankets, any kind of props that can help you to hold passive poses or asanas for longer without exerting or tiring out your muscles. That's wonderful. It allows you to feel comfortable and supported regardless of your experience with yoga. And to me, Amy, that's really what it's all about. Because otherwise, yoga begins to be looked upon as some elitist thing that people do. Oh, it's bougie, and I'm not going to try that. You know, it's not. Because you use the blocks, you make it real, and you can make it work for yourself. With any of these props, here we have a yoga bolster, right? Now, I like the official yoga bolster for me. And I, because I have my own uh, health issues, I did buy one with organic cotton. But I have to tell you something, I've also done a a do-it-yourself. I've done a DIY to make my own yoga bolsters. And what I did was I took three super large bath towels or like beach towels, I rolled them up into a nice compact log, and then I secure them with three large rubber bands. There it is. There's your yoga bolster. So if finances are an issue, don't buy the bolster. Make your own.
0: I love it. I love it. You know? Okay. So we're, we're going to get the class started pretty soon. Yeah, But, but um, Gina had a question for you before. You want to say hi, Gina? Hi, Gina. Gina. <laughs> she said, "Sorry, I was late." Is there a difference between Yin Yoga and Restorative Yoga?
2: Well, okay, uh, Gina. I don't know the exact answer because I don't practice Yin Yoga as such. But I have to say that, in in what I know of it, it is definitely Restorative Yoga. However, my approach to restorative yoga is founded in the use of props because I study the line of um, the the type of yoga established by Mr. Iyengar, BKS Iyengar. And he brought forth to the yoga community decades and decades ago, Gina, the use of the props for alignment. So you can, if you do yin yoga, great. And you wanna use your props, Go for it. Why not? It will all still be restorative. Mostly restorative yoga is about being on the floor. <laughs> being on the floor, but doing having a very restful, soft approach to the practice. I can do stuff on the floor that we can knock our heads off, right? We don't want to do that today. It's not restorative. It's a great question, and I hope that helped you, Gina.
0: Now, as somebody who is following along, said oh gee if i get on the floor i don't know if i'll be able to get back up again is there a, something that they might be able to do if they couldn't get on the floor
2: yeah sure you can sit in a chair for some okay. of this for, and, and as you watch the work yes. Yeah. who really has issues and, and why don't we go right into the medical disclaimers and then we can like yeah this in, okay because i think this is important so um uh, what i always tell people is if you had some significant issues then i want you to uh, just preview the workout first and always look for what you can do because there's going to be something here for you um and and just see if it works for you and you can piece together one video at a time, even if it's one exercise or one movement at a time, eventually you can piece together a protocol for yourself. Now, if you're still not sure, and you've watched it and go, I'm not sure with what I have, then just invite the medical healthcare practitioner who knows your body best to preview it for you. And then the two of you can have a conversation and you can be make a better informed decision. So the issues, I'm going to bring up over here would be anybody with rotator cuff muscle issues um, if you have a pinched nerve in the neck if you're medicated or not and unfortunately some people are not for hypertension high blood pressure vertigo GERD and for those those three the hypertension vertigo and GERD, whenever you're on the floor on your back, I want you to have the towel underneath your head because I don't want a blood rush to the head. Also, well now, if you've ever been diagnosed or ever had an issue with the back or spine, um, also knee issues, And in some cases, even carpal tunnel syndrome. So I'm going to be able to offer you modifications and adjustments that you can make using the props or another type of position. And there's always the bed, if you can't get on the floor on your back to do the work. And there's always the chair to do some of the work. And you know, the very first video Amy and I ever did together was also yoga stretches Done in a chair,
1: yeah. you
2: know. So maybe, Amy, you can give them that link also, yeah. because this way they have an alternative and go, oh, I can't really do what she's doing there, and I can't figure it out in a chair." So you have one already on the platform for you, and um, yeah. So that's all the issues that I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, to to speak about here.
0: Excellent. Well, let's start the class. I just can't wait for this. Yeah, and
2: I've really been in this pose a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to show you that um, you can also use props here. And I'm going to support this knee to lift it up because it's been super flexed for a while. Now, if you have knee issues, here's a great way to use your towel that you're going to fold it up, just roll it up and then wring it out as if it's wet and you're going to wedge it in behind that knee crease now don't worry about tying it because that doesn't matter but it's the back of it that's nice and open now now some i have some people who do their work any they have two towels they also sometimes need to put blocks underneath their knees for some people they get on the floor in a seated cross legged position and their knees are like up to here. And they're thinking that, well, my hips are tight. Well, they might very well be, but also I can guarantee you, so is your lower back. So that's when you wanna sit on a block or stack two. The higher up you are, folks, the more the low back will go into proper alignment, that lumbar spine area, is a natural lordotic curve and extension it will put your cervical spine into proper alignment because they do the same movement the gravity will drop your thighs down and lengthen and open up right through here with the hip flexors so it's not always just my knees it's a lot of other structures. So I'm just going to pull this out because I don't really need it, but I wanted to show you how you could use it. The other thing when you come to the floor, let's bring the hands underneath the buttock flesh, and you're going to pull the flesh straight back and out wide toward the shoulders so you're sitting up and forward on the front edge of your ischial tuberosity, your sits bones. Then the other adjustment, We want to place the hands behind the knee. So I'm wedging the hands, two hands, not one, two hands. One hand on a calf, one hand on the thigh. I'm pulling and rolling the calf and the thigh flesh away from each other. This is a little hack, folks, for opening up the meniscus and the the tendinous attachments of your muscles, ligaments. It's all really helpful for you for knee issues. Now I'm gonna rest my hands on my lap, palms up, right hand on top of the left with the palms facing the ceiling. We're gonna close the eyes. And let's just take a few moments to center in for our practice here together today. Inhaling and exhaling out the nose. Heart center is generously lifted with the shoulders back and down and energy coming up and out the crown of the head, the Sahasrara Chakra, as we inhale through the nose. Exhale out the nose if it's possible. So you simply breathe in and out the mouth, whatever works. Now I'm going to bring the palms together in front of the heart. This is forming a mudra. A mudra is a hand gesture. And this is Anjali mudra. And this is the hand gesture of the angels. Inhaling. and exhaling and creating an intention or a dedication for our practice here together today perhaps sending someone in need a healing loving light of energy and um, perhaps it could be for yourself as well expressing gratitude and appreciation for our bodies, for our health, our good health. And taking this positive energy forward with, with us throughout the course of our yoga practice. And then perhaps even off the yoga mat and taking this with us throughout day and now let's slowly open the eyes and lower the hands down and let's come into some nice big shoulder rolls up back and down up back and down so this posture we're in is called Sukhasana and it means easy pose not so easy some of us right and now i'm going to bring the hands underneath the knees and because we've been here a long time take your time bringing the legs up and out and i'm going to extend one leg at a time and then i push the calf flesh that's the back of that low leg down toward the ankles i'm going to do it on both legs there's that moment of a creaky knee Now, some people do this, and that feels nice, but that doesn't do anything. This, I mean, it feels nice, that's good, but this is really reopening the back of the knee. And then you want to tap it out, or maybe windshield wiper it. Now, from here, I'm going to come off my cushion, set it to the side, and reserve the right to use it again. And now, I'm going to bring the feet out in front. Now this is also a position that people can come into if they are more comfortable than a seated cross-legged position. So this is the butterfly pose. I'm going to pull that butt flesh back and out. Now I want you to watch something. People tend to do this when they do come into this position. Well, this is where you grab those shins and you use those strong arms. You depress the shoulder girdle and you pull yourselves upright and hold yourselves here yeah you have some muscle going on some muscle activation depressing shoulder and just hold here the thing about restorative yoga is that there's not a lot of poses but you are holding them for quite some time depressing shoulders breath in and out through the nose we don't want to lean forward it's not about vatakanasana cobblers I have my feet oh a good solid foot and a half two feet away from me so what we're also helping here is the sacroiliac joint that SI joint sacrum ilium that means anything that's attached to those areas will benefit now you can choose to stay here or you can slip your hands underneath your ankles and take a hold of the tops of your feet if you can't reach there you grab your shins you could also insert your strap and hold them as well for those of you with back spine issues please stay upright do not come into this forward flexion so inhale i'm going to lift the head and the heart and then on the exhale those of you with hypertension vertigo and gird. you're going to take a block put it on your feet to lower your head Otherwise that head stays up. I'm lengthening Forward with my heart. I'm pushing down in my elbows. I'm pulling from my bicep coming into full out Diamond pose. Oh, so lovely on that back. So lovely on that SI joint.
0: Moving
2: here, pulling forward, reaching back, take a couple of breaths, inhale, lift the head of the heart, try it again, exhale, taking it forward, breathing into those back muscles, no hunching of the shoulders, then inhale, palms down. Exhale, I lift the head. It's like I'm pulling forward to come up. And then the hands go to the outside of the knees and slowly draw those knees together. And just hold here for the moment. And I'm going to come back into easy pose. So that's Sukhasana. So I'm going to bring my cushion back here. Here we go. Crossing the legs. And don't forget, butt, flesh, knee crease, adjustment. So I want to put the spine through all of its movements for you. So basically, I'm going to hook my hands over the knees. And on the inhale, I'm going to lift my head and heart, draw the shoulders back. I'm starting to form a little bit of a back bend. And then I lift the chin up. This is a seated version of the cow posture. Now, those of you with the back spine issues, you are not gonna do the next posture. You are gonna come into neutral, got it? Whereas the rest of us, we're going to come into the seated cat and we're going to come to a spinal flexion, which is a rounding of the spine, deeply pulling the belly button in, going after that transverse abdominis, the deepest of the core muscles. And then inhale, lifting head and heart. Spinal extension, which is your pal. Exhaling into the cat. Again, inhale, and then one more. Exhale, let's hold here. Pull in that belly button. Get the sense of working that abdominal muscle. And then we slowly come back up to neutral. Now, I'd like to come into a lateral flexion here with you. So that's a side bend. I'm going to take my blocks, bring them in the same line as my hip joint, the coxal joint, acetabulo-femoral joint. It's got a couple of names. I'm going to place my hand on the block, opposite hand to the waist. Those of you with rotator cuff or pitch nerve and neck, keep your hand where it is. Otherwise, if you don't, we're going to now slide over. and I'm sliding the block out. With my left hand, I'm going to push that left thigh down because I want to keep the left glute down on the floor the tendency for a lateral flexion is people lift that opposite hip we want it down and if you don't want to use blocks you can cup your fingertips and use them as a prop as well belly button is in and then you can bring your arm out up and over but what if you have a shoulder issue that only allows you to go here that's fine keep a straight elbow don't do this thinking you're going to get over further you're not and but those of you who can take it and bring it by the ear turning that torso toward the ceiling stretching those intercostal muscles we were talking about between the ribs also the oblique muscles at the waist they're basically responsible for turning and twisting from the waist hold here lateral flexion it's a form of anjaneyasana crescent moon inhale turn that left palm up grab an imaginary hook exhale i'm going to push down in my left knee to come all the way back to center and then we're going to take it to the other side holding here sternum up inhaling and exhaling rolling shoulder back Pushing thigh down. I just got a spinal adjustment by pushing the thigh down and then arm out, up and over Reaching, lifting Breathing Holding Block or cupped fingertips your call And then inhale, turn the right palm up, grab an imaginary hook, exhale, push down into that right knee, come all the way back to center. And then finally, with the movements of the spine that I want to make sure we totally get in here, is put your hands on your knees, and I'm going to come into what's called a Sufi grind. And it looks like this. So, those of you who have those back spine issues if you're going to try it i want the hands on blocks and i want the movement upright and small got it you're not to do all that spine flexion stuff unless you already know what your issues are and it's been approved for you so what am i actually doing here well here's kind of cat right because i'm lifting up here's a lateral flexion here's the Um, Actually, this is the cat, pardon me, lateral flexion, here's the cow, here's the cow, that extension, lateral flexion, flexion, lateral flexion, extension, and reverse. So the hips are forward, that means we're getting a really nice rotation of the vertebral column, massaging the abdominal organs and intestines as well. And slowly back up to center. And now from here, I'm going to bring the legs out in front. Support. Push the calf flesh forward, right? Those knees were super flexed. And I'm going to get rid of that cushion. Set it back again. I'm going to use it later. Now, I would like you to work with your right leg straight out in front. You're going to bend that left knee. Notice I support always underneath the joint. And place the sole of your left foot somewhere into that right inner leg. I don't care where it lands. Now, I don't know if you can see this, but you can see how this hip. Amy, can you see this, how this hip is a little further back? Yeah. Okay. Now, we're women. We have a cue angle that has to do with going from the iliac crest, the high pelvic bone, down to the knees. The men don't experience this. Therefore, for men, I want you to keep that right leg straight. Women, I want you to bring that leg one to two inches to your right, then I'm going to shift. So I'm pulling with my hand, my right hip back, and I want the men to do the same, even if it's straight out in front, and the left hip forward. Now, as a woman, I am absolutely squared off in the pelvis. Now you can place the hands underneath here. Do that knee crease adjustment. You can use your towel. You can put a block underneath. It's it's all good. Put it, whatever you want to do, and then inhale and lift the arms up. Exhale and hinging. Maybe you need to walk your hands out in front. Back spine issues. Use that yoga strap. Stay upright. So I'm going to be very cautious on it. my approach here. This is an area of former of injury for me so i just take my time and it's called seated head to knee pose also known as janu Shasana. hold here pulling right hip back left hip forward i'm bringing my left shoulder my left ribs in the direction of the right big toe you can use that strap you can hold on you could grab your wrist. So my left hand is grabbing the right wrist. Right palm facing forward. I'm uniting my index, the tip of the index finger to the thumb tip. It's called chin mudra, and this mudra is the symbol of the union of the individual to the universal soul. Stretching out the plantar fascia underlying the foot the Achilles tendon, the calf, the hamstring, the glute, the back, there's a lot going on here. And from a yoga anatomical perspective, this is excellent for the kidneys, the spleen and the liver. And then inhale, I lift the head and the heart. You can slide your hands in up to the sky and then exhale, hands into Namaste, support that left knee, extend it out, push the calf flesh. Now I'm going to bring that right leg straight back out in front, bending the left knee. Some of you may need to work here. Some of you, if you can cross over comfortably to the outside of your right knee, do it, great. Now, if you have a right knee issue, you could be up on a block, that will help, with a towel support underneath the knee or just stay here and keep the right leg straight out in front. Um, If you don't have a knee issue, then you're just going to tuck the heel to the outside of the left glute. I'm taking my left thumb and I'm going to push that hip down. I want to vigorously hug that left thigh toward my torso. Now, some of you may not be able to get the arm around. No big deal. Slide your hand underneath the window of the legs and just hold for support here because either way, you will be able to get a beautiful twist. So I'm vigorously hugging in. I'm moving the belly flesh out of the way and then inhale the left arm up. Take, on the exhale, a lateral external rotation of the shoulder. Notice how much I exaggerated. Cut the fingertips to the floor, especially if you're carpal tunnel. Don't flatten it. puts that wrist into extension. Cut fingertips or use your block. Inhale, lengthen spine using left hand and left foot. And then exhale, turn and twist. In Arha, Matsyandrasana, which is half spinal twist half fish pose. Now if you want to take it to the next level, you take that right elbow to the outside of the left leg. You immediately or internally rotate that shoulder. You bring your hand, hello there, through the window of the legs. You can bind at the fingers, or if you can wedge that wrist in there, kind of wiggle it in, then you've got a hold of it. I push down, inhale, lift up, exhale, take the twist. Hold here, twisting postures are excellent for digestion, aiding peristalsis. And then inhale, take the head forward, exhale, lower the foot down, and bring the torso back to center. Inhale, exhale, counter position, lower down. Exhale, hold, inhale, come back up, and exhale, bring the legs straight out in front. Both knees were hyperflexed. Let's push the calf flesh down toward the ankles, and you're gonna shake, 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 a windshield wiper, tap it out, whatever feels good for you. Now you're going to keep that left leg out in front, bending right knee. Don't assume, folks, that one side is as tight as the other you might be able to full out do a pose on one side and the other side you need props so what you get to do it right that's the glory of all of this so you cross on over and on this side i take a little i'm a little hesitant because i have a little bit more of an injury on the other side an old one so just you know pay attention to it that's all it is wrap around pull the flesh get that right down hug it in inhale up exhale laterally rotate i might be landing on some of my toys here i'm going to pull them back a bit so cut the fingertips or flatten the palms but not the carpal tunnel Cup your fingertips instead so inhale lengthen spine exhale turn and twist looking over that right shoulder Breath in and out through the nose. Now we want to go to the next level,
1: okay. Left elbow, medially rotate from the
2: shoulder, hand through the window of the legs, interlock or wiggle to the wrist, and then lift, turn and twist. This is a big stretch to the gluteal lateral rotators, folks. Big stretch. In either position, foot down or up. And then bring the head back to center and lower it down. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale up. Now, I kind of reversed it a little bit, but that's okay. I'm going to bring this leg back out the Janu Shir Shasan. I don't want it to forget that. We'll be out of balance, and that's the total antithesis to yoga. So you see how I'm turned? So I'm gonna go over to the right a little bit and then shift myself. So pull left hip back, right hip is forward. Open up the knee crease. Men, that, that left leg is straight out in front. Turning toward that left big toe, right? On this side, I'm gonna take Even more caution because I'm pulling the butt flesh back, and that's gonna help me lengthen the muscle and just using the breath, right? If you find you're in a posture, folks, and you start doing that stuff where you're really holding your breath, you have gone beyond your edge, and that's not gonna serve you. It's not gonna serve you. Nobody cares if you can touch your head to the floor, nobody cares. It doesn't matter in the course of life. What matters is what's going on with your body as you do a movement. And we're all different. We all have unique patterns, etc. It is what it is. Inhale. Exhale. Janu Sirsasana, seated head to knee, bringing that right shoulder, right ribs toward the left big toe. Big stretch to that whole posterior chain. By the way, this is a wonderful posture for women who get uh, painful menses. Wonderful to put yourself into compression. And then inhale, lift the head and the heart and the to slide back up, arms up to the sky, inhale. And exhale back to Namaste position. Stand out in front. Push your calf flesh. Shake it out. And now let's play a seated wide angle upavistha konasana. So I'm going to grab the props. Actually, I have this back here. Grab that for you. So there's a couple of ways to show you how you can do this and why i think a yoga strap is so important okay otherwise like i said you can use you know two shorter ones so you pull your butt flesh back and out there's always oppositional movement in yoga so i'm pushing down and out simultaneously so what happens is i'm lengthening the posterior side and i'm contracting the anterior side for some of you the back spine issues in particular I don't want you to come into the forward flexion everybody knows that this is a forward bend right and everybody gets all super excited to charge down to the floor but there's a way of getting there that's safe and not so safe okay so for those of you with the back spine here's your eight foot strap with the shorter straps i find that people do this because they're so short and they're holding the very edge of the strap and the arms are stick straight but they're pulling from the shoulders when you have this longer strap I can push out, press down with the legs, but I can pull from the biceps, those shoulders are down. And I'm absolutely working on a stunning version of sitting up tall. This is a great way to approach the work, folks, and you will get that stretch at the hip adductor muscles, those inner thighs. Another way to do it, I am holding the position with my toes all stretched out, is use the blocks when I use the blocks I'm lifting the floor up I'm pressing down I'm not collapsing into the blocks I'm pushing them away from me so I'm pushing down and out and then I'm beginning that process of slowly lifting to go forward folks this is where it's very important to have the cervical spine of the neck and the lumbar spine of that low back doing that um, that lordotic curve that we were talking about that extension. So just want to come into this for you and open all of the structures up that we were just with the twisting, rotating. Holding we'll for a few moments. Breathe in. This is a great posture to breathe into the lower back muscles. And then taking time to slowly walk the blocks back in, but always forward to come up. Watch out for this, folks. How many times I see this and people think, well, I'm getting closer to the floor. No, you're not, look how far back your back is. So use the strap, work on this stuff, that'll help you. All right, now I'm gonna pull out my bolster, or your DIY, if you have it. And um, those of you with hypertension, vertigo, and um, GERD, I want you to have a block for your head. So we're going to come here And I want you to bend your knees, and you're going to sit so that the bolster, you're on the floor, your butt is on the floor, but your back is touching the bolster. And I want everybody to lower their elbows down, but this is where, because we're definitely going to fold over this bolster. And that's why when your head drops back, for those three issues, please put the block underneath your head. And, well i'm gonna go for it because i love this thing oh it just feels so lovely and you just slowly open everything up here you've got that throat open folks this is just a stunning thing to do for your thyroid gland if you have hypo or hyperthyroidism oh, just go for it feels great on the back it's a lovely back extension allows you to breathe more deeply and with the diaphragm and it's a gentle way and it does incorporate chest breathing but that's appropriate because it's all open here and if you want you could also come into goddess pose here and if it's too much of an opening at the inner thigh groin area put your blocks but now this is just fantastic because it's one of the few poses you actually can do after eating. The abdominal organs and intestines are just kind of relaxing and hanging out. It's a wonderful way to connect with your diaphragm, folks. Stretching out the pectoralis the front deltoid the biceps those anterior neck muscles so this is a supported reclining version of um cobbler's pose as well so it's salamba supta balasana and then bringing the hands underneath the knees slowly draw them together and you can also play with just a little variation here on your shavasana on corpse. so you have those three different approaches to doing the posture and then to come out of it we bend the knees and then we roll on over now i'm supposed to say amy that you roll over to the right because historically for, I don't know, thousands of years, you roll over to the right, but I don't know, it's 2023 and people have different issues. I say roll over to whichever side feels better for you. Now take this bolster, separate the knees, bring it here right in front of me and I'm just going to drape over it. Now for those of you with knee issues that you might want to come a little more forward, Bring your bolster forward so you can lower your forehead. If you don't want to do it that way, then you can also come onto your back and bring your knees up into your chest. Just let it all go. Now I'm going to place one hand on top of the other, and I'm going to bring my third eye point, the Ajna Chakra, on the middle knuckle of the top hand, lowering down, and breathe into that. the small of the back. It's just divine. Inhale, lift the head, breathe the opposite hand on top. Exhale, lower. The Ajna Chakra is the seat of our intuition and creativity and its color is the color indigo blue. You can pull forward. You just drape over this thing. Oh, it's so delicious. You can relax the arms alongside of you, out almost like an airplane position. Whatever you choose to do, though, just make sure you turn the head in both directions. You can do a gentle pulse of the hips to release that back. And then I'm gonna pull back. And for our final posture, Amy, we're going to grab, I'm gonna grab my cushion and put it right up against the wall. And folks, you're gonna get super friendly with this wall, or as they say in France, super, super friendly. Bring your side of the body all the way up to the wall. Now I'm on my cushion, I'm going to turn and then swivel up the wall and just scoot myself a little closer to the wall. If I want to be closer, you don't have to be. And this posture is called Viparita Karani, legs up the wall pose. And I want to dedicate this pose to our dear friend, Amy Stacy Heine, because every time she does this. She takes up, she posts her toes, legs up the wall on social media. It's just hilarious. She has great, great quack toenails. I don't, I'm sorry. But the Viparita Karani is excellent for hypertension, depression, insomnia, and varicose veins. It's just relaxing here. Release, relax. Let go, drop down heavy into the ground, soften the face, relax the mouth, releasing the tongue away from the roof of the mouth and allowing it to rest behind the lower teeth. Letting the eyes rest deeply in their sockets. And now bringing the palms together in front of the heart once again, Anjali Mudra, and in gratitude and appreciation for good health. Once again, appreciating our bodies for working so hard for us. And sending love and light to all those in need. The light and spirit within me honors the light and spirit within you. Thank you all so much. Namaste. Now to come out of it, you bend your knees, roll over to the safer side. Obviously, can't go in this direction,
1: right? Uh,
2: you slowly come on up. I'm going to pull out over here for you, Amy. If we have any more questions,
0: that was wonderful. I, I just feel so calm now. <laughs> You know, and I was even kind of yawning a couple of times. <laughs> and your voice is soothing too, so that was nice. I, I really, I want to try this. Like I said, I don't really always have problems every night falling asleep, but I, I think even if you didn't have trouble falling asleep, right, you you'd probably get better sleep. Yeah, you know, it's it's just about giving, look,
2: I love working out, and I love lifting the weights and hitting it hard, but if you keep doing that to your body, over and over and over you're gonna you're gonna create inflammation in the body right So we have to give the body a chance to go oh thanks because you'll get that more energy that way. you'll receive more strength that way you'll get stronger.
0: Well that's great. we have a couple of oh, we have a comment from ryda81. Who said you look great? So we're both going to say thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, and thank you for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tree Bard said, "I like to eat before sleep, but I find that a light fruit such as a pear doesn't disturb my sleep as much as a heavier snack might."
2: Well, that you know, I think that's pretty apparent. I, I would agree with that. Um, there's still though a digestion po- process that has to go on, no matter what you put down. However, yes, there's a big difference between what does she have a or he a pear versus mm-hmm. a steak thinner? There's not well, I- di- uh,
0: didn't I- say what what it would be a heavier snack. Didn't specify though.
2: Right. So you know, if it's a steak dinner, or even if it's I don't know nuts and seeds right? Um, which can be pretty darn heavy. Um, there's going to be a difference in the, the, the uh, digestion process. Um, but this also calls to mind of something that I should have said in the beginning, I didn't, you want to make sure that you don't eat before yoga for two to three hours. So let me tell you something, folks, I have taught classes where people have come in and eaten a lasagna meal. You know what happened in that class. Okay, seriously. They should have done
0: the class by themselves. That was a life lesson I
2: did not need to see. Okay. So you just don't want to eat for two to three hours. But if somebody has, I don't know, some kind of sugar left, you know, they're kind of gauging themselves, whatever, then the lighter, the, the more the more water-rich, the better for before yogurt. The more water-rich. So I'm always going to recommend a little bit of watermelon. If it's a must. It's Not a must
0: keep it empty. Oh, very good. Yeah. Before I adopted the whole food plant-based lifestyle, I wouldn't I was unable to do any form of exercise without eating something. Oh, really? Yeah, because I would get shaky and wow. but I I got shaky between meals. I was always like that. But then after adopting this lifestyle, I can do I can do a hard workout where I'm perspiring and I'm not feeling you know hungry or anything. So it's it's really nice to have, have the nutrients and the fiber and all that. Right. Okay. So Jeff said my right knee hurts when I move my heel toward my crotch while seated advice. I guess he was trying to talk about the, some of the poses that you did where you pulled in your heel into, into your crotch, I guess. And then, so I guess he wants to do, maybe he wants to do both, but he can't, the right knee is hurting him. So
2: while seated now is he is, I don't know if he's still on the show. But does he mean seated in a chair or on the floor?
0: I'm as he. The, it came up when you were doing that pose where you were seated on the floor and you pulled your heels in. Like this? Yes. Yeah. So I'm. I'm assuming that that's what he meant.
2: Okay. So he feels it in his crotch while. Seated. No, no.
0: He's saying his right knee. Oh, hurts him. Okay. Right. So, so apparently he's trying to get both of his feet in. And, okay. and he can do his left, but not his right, because his okay. right knee is bothering him.
2: I don't know if Jeff saw what we demonstrated earlier in the show, but I'll show again if you want, Jeff. No problem. So you can put this, I folded a towel, and I'm wringing it out as if it's wet, okay? Put it, wedge it behind that knee, right in there, and then wrap it around. Don't tie it, because you want the space. So when you go to recross, now that knee actually, you created some space back there. The other advice is that you take your block your blocks, I have a feeling in your case, Jeff, is you can stack two yoga blocks, sit on them, use the towel as well, and see if that helps you to come into a seated cross-legged.
1: Otherwise,
2: the other option for you, Jeff, that I would be giving you is um, I would have you sit on the block and I'm up high on the bolster, so I'm going to stay here. And then I would work in this position. This would be the butterfly position. Rather than forcing any kind of a seated cross-legged, because you know I don't want you tearing anything or popping anything at that knee joint either. So you may want to give everything a little bit of a break and come into the butterfly pose, because that's going to help the hips a little bit as well.
0: Well, that's a very good suggestion. I'm glad that you showed us that. Good, good. So, Megan wants to know, do you ever massage your foot when you stretch to your toes? So I guess, yes. like if you go to, yes. yeah.
2: I'm gonna show you a way that's really nice, where okay. a, a posture where you can easily massage your feet, okay? You can, when you go to touch your toes, you can wedge your fingers, Megan, in between the toes, right? You can work on that. But if I come here, I'm going to bring my knees together. I'm going to go to the side, all right? So the knees are together, the feet are apart. I think my name badge there. Okay. now you can see. So I'm going to roll the the calf flesh out. And then I'm going to come sitting down between the feet. This is Virasana, hero's pose. Um, Megan, you can do this also sitting up on a block. And then I'm going to separate my toes, literally separate them. And then I'm going to make nice little soft fists. And Megan, this is a great posture to massage your feet. You know, I'm starting from the heel and going toward the arch all the way to the balls of the feet. So that's a nice little way that you can tie in a posture to self massage your feet.
0: I love that you know, the feet just get Overlooked sometimes, and oh, they need wow. a little love too.
2: Yeah. And what I was telling her before is you know, you can do this kind of a thing where you can wedge your fingers in and be really good for those toes to stretch them out like those toe separators, Amy. And you can hold on that way, you can do both feet together one at a time if that works for you.
0: Yeah, because oftentimes they're just in shoes all day long, they are, and they, they need a little love. I love that. I'm going to try that. <laughs> okay, I think we, we'll do one more question. Um, ben said, Could I use a foam roller instead of the bolster for the back extension?
2: No, because you need a softer cushion. The foam roller, Ben, is too hard. I'd
1: rather you make your DIY two, three big um, beach
2: towels, roll them up. Make that log nice and compact, and then secure them with large rubber bands, and you've got a winner there. It's a great question, but I'm going to tell you something, Then I herniated a disc one time doing that. Oh, wow. Okay? You don't want to do that, Ben.
0: Oh. Oh my! Right.
2: Unless it's a real soft roller, then that's a different
0: story. Yeah. No, I think if he's if, if it's what I'm thinking of, it's those pretty yes. firm foam rollers that people use sometimes on their muscles. Yeah. But that probably shouldn't be on the back. You're right. Well, thank you, Angela. Your class was fabulous. Thank you. And I love to learn about the restorative yoga and. I loved how you helped us to learn the strategies and the pearls about the different poses and I'm I'm looking forward to trying this and I'm hoping other people do as well. And it'll be available on replay for people who didn't get to see it from the beginning and we'll have a chapter that you can click on if you just want to go to the workout. And everybody click, click like to show your appreciation for what Angela shared with us today. So Angela, I'm so excited because I always ask you this question, but maybe today you're going to have a little different story to tell me. Tell us what you do and how we can find you. Okay.
2: So um, my work is as a virtual personal trainer and also um, for Hatha prenatal yoga, uh, chair exercise, chair yoga. Typically I work with people 50 and beyond and uh, people can reach me by way of the contact on my website, which is boomerandbeyondwellness.com. I'll repeat it, boomerandbeyondwellness.com. And Amy knows that I just recently, uh, we just uh, went to bat with our new YouTube channel, Boomer and Beyond Wellness. And um, there's a whole bunch of Amy videos on there, folks, that I've done a lot of different types of classes. And really, my whole purpose in life is to show folks as we age, I'm gonna be 65 in two months, that there's no excuses not to do the work. The work, my work is inclusive of people who are bedridden, people in who are wheelchair bound. There's got to be something to include those of us who get kind of tossed aside by society and i experienced a lot of ageism when i was 55 lost a lot of my jobs to 25 year old instructors but at 65 i say no honey i'm taking my power back and we've got power it's just that we need to know how to do it safely because a lot of us have different concerns and medical issues but there's always a way to figure stuff out
0: oh I am so excited about this, Angela. And I know you're going to help a lot of people. I'm really so happy for you. Okay. Well, I wanted to thank, of course, I thanked you, Angela, but I also wanted to thank Just Tass Voice because she did the promo and she also did the announcement. And she's been really helping out quite a bit. I hope that if you guys enjoyed her sleepy kind of time announcement today, I certainly did. <laughs> And <laughs> just Tatt's voice. Tell us who's coming
1: up next. Charm Ridley is in her early 60s. She takes no medicines and is a living testament to the power of plants. Charm will show us how to prepare delicious plant-based creole gumbo on Wednesday, February 22nd, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. Oh, I am all ready for this gumbo. Yes. <laughs>
0: But most of all, you know, I want to thank all of you who come to watch, and you comment, and you like, and you share. And we're here for you, and that's why we're here because you're here. And I wanted to give all of you an opportunity to. uh, I'm going to send my thanks to you. If you want to go on my website, which is begreenwithamy.com, and if you just do begreenwithamy.com/slash/join, then you can get five free recipes from me, sending it to you. So, and there'll also be some kind of things where you'll see some pictures of me doing, well, trying to do some different kind of stretches and yoga poses, not not like Angela does, but I try. (laughs) But I'd like to share that with all of you, of course. But thank you so much, all of you Green Warriors, for being here. And please go ahead and take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and grab your right shoulder with your left hand. Now squeeze. That's a hug from me to you. And if you guys want to join me and Angela with my tagline, are you ready, Angela? You can Uh, type it in the comments while we say it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be
1: Green. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.